Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Year Starts Here with me, Neil Martin, and my good friend, Mr. Nigel Risner. And Nigel, you said before we started this, you were like, I got an idea, I got an idea, I got an idea. So what is it? Well, it's interesting. I wanted to go a bit more businessy this week, if that's okay with you. 100%. So here's a question for you. Who do you think your competition is? Ooh, that's a very interesting question because that will change depending on the day of the week and the thing I'm doing. But I'd also give you a, a, a slightly left field answer. Nobody. Okay. So I nearly knew you were going to say that. So often we think there's no competition. There is. There's lots. I mean, in some ways, you're my competition in some of what I do, right? Um, There's a lot of people that are competition, but are they competition? Because in in all seriousness, so much of what I do, I mean, there's chunks of what I do where there's plenty of other people that can do the same thing. But so much of what I do is based around who I am and nobody else can be me. And, that, knew, and that's my point. I knew you were going to go deep, and I wanted to change the context for everything <laughs> because the world is opening up, and I think we need to recognize that the competition, this is going to go very, very business-focused, the competition is anybody that has money to spend or money could be spent at their establishment. Mm-hmm. Because what's happening right now is the world is opening up and people have got some money because they've been saving for a year and a half and they can spend their money where they want. The problem is when we think of competition as someone who's like me, then we just have to be a little bit better than them. So I was asked a couple of weeks ago, you know, what, what, how, do I, how can I help this company? And you're going to love my reply. I said, the way I'm going to help your company is to make you a little less shit. <laughs> I've heard you say that before, actually. Well, and the reason I was saying that is that if that's how you think of me trying to help you, it's not helping you get 5% better, which is my normal line. It's changing the way you operate so that you become the example for business. Yep. The reason I'm saying this is that, you know, you go on holiday and you go to Brighton or you go to Bournemouth and there's an ice cream vendor, okay? And not only is he just pulling a 99 and putting a flake on there and putting a bit of tissue – whether it's £2.50 or £4, there was a, on, on a, a couple of weekends ago, I was with my family, and there was an ice cream vendor that had a queue literally about 100 deep. And yep. there was another ice cream van not far that was half the price with about three people there. Yep. What this guy had done, he'd, he had not only worked out how to not only impress people, but he had a guy working with him, giving samples to people whilst they were waiting. Mm-hmm. He was chatting with me. He had someone else there. Mm-hmm. And the prices were astronomical. I mean, they were handmade, and it was, you know, sorry, homemade ice cream. It wasn't just for one yeah. of those. But you'd want to go back to him and spend your extra money than buying another food product. And bear in mind, this was ice cream, and there was the most phenomenal food stores all around. But this guy was just manically busy the whole time I was there. And so when I work with a client, I'm not trying to compete with other motivational, inspirational speakers because they're not my competition. The competition might be the flower shop because if they bring flowers into their office prettier, they've got less money for something else. Yep. So you have to start thinking, what can I do to be the best version of myself 
and recognize that I want people to spend money with us as an enterprise. So the competition isn't necessarily just other operators. It's the world. Yeah. And if yeah. you then know that the world is your competition, you better be on your A game because people have a choice. And we've mentioned this all the time. They have a choice how they react, but they always have a choice where they spend their money. Yeah. And people right now have got more money than they've ever had because they've not been spending their money for such a long time. Some people, not all people. Okay. I'll take that back. There are a number of people who've got a lot of money. They could spend their money because they haven't been spending their money for a long time on other goods. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I was just, just sort of pulling that point up because I, my experience right now is there are, there are really two distinct groups. There are the people who have found it very, very difficult in terms of their income over the lockdowns and things because they just haven't had the same revenues coming in. And then there are other people who have basically earned the same money but not had the opportunity to spend it, right? You know, their business has maybe even done even better because the climate we've been in has supported that type of business more. Yeah, but there, there are two distinct kind yeah, of camps I, on I, it, I right? Um, but I, I think the other thing I would say is... Even then, for those people who don't have that much choice, they're going to be even tougher on how they spend their money. Completely. People who have got money can choose where they spend their money. Yeah, Which completely. Which all I'm saying to you is, is that we need to really think how are we showing up with whatever product we're offering? Are we making sure we're not just trying to be 5% better than down the road who aren't doing it that well either? Yeah. And then remembering that reviews are what you do. You know, it's called ABCD, over and above the call of duty. And we just need to think, what are we offering our clients? When we do our podcast and we offer people, you know, if you want support, email us. You know, if you want to see our books, buy one of our books. If you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. It's, it's making sure we say to people, how can we just improve what we do that little bit more yep. to give you the best chance of success, to give you an unfair advantage in a world which is tough because competition is tough. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. One of the... Um one of the questions I've asked a whole bunch of times on stage or in like mastermind groups and things is why do businesses exist? And I'd go so far as to say probably 99 times out of a hundred, the first answer that's shouted back by somebody is to make money. And my answer is always interesting answer, but no, that's a byproduct. Why do businesses exist? And sometimes the answer will come from the audience. Sometimes I give them the answer that I'm looking for because it doesn't come from the audience. But for me, it's quite simple. Businesses exist to solve a problem. And the businesses that do well and make the money are the ones that make it easy to solve that problem. And that's it. You know, and, you know, customer retention is once I've solved one problem for you, what other problems do you have and how can I solve those as well? That, that to me is, you know, is kind of business in a nutshell. And I know it's massively oversimplified, but it, you know, it, it's a reality check. When it comes to competition, what you want, where I go with this, and taking your point of view in competition with everyone, is I'm in competition with everyone that can solve a problem, but that problem might not be a physical problem. As in, it might be I'm after a feeling or an emotion that whether I buy ice cream or I go to the pub or I buy a new pair of shoes, any of those things might give me the feeling I'm after. And one of them might be £2.50 and one of them might be £250 and it might still be the same person that's trying to decide between those two things, conscious or otherwise, because they're just looking for that little tiny, little sort of tiny hit of, hey, I've got this thing and I'm enjoying it. 
And that's the problem you're solving is actually someone's looking for a little lift, something that's going to make them feel better. And that might be a 250 quid pair of shoes, or it might be a £2.50 ice cream, or it might be a Starbucks, or it might be a, you know, a Mars bar, or it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's the thing that's going to give me the feeling that I think the thing is going to give me. And I, without going like super deep and off on a, on a weird tangent with this, I think so much of what we actually do is based on how we think something's going to make us feel rather than it make, how it actually does sometimes. You know, how many times have you, you gone on a holiday or gone out for a meal or something and you've gone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go here, I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to order this thing because it's going to be amazing and then sometimes it's not. And it's not necessarily that it wasn't amazing, it's that your expectation for it was too high. You know, and so it's interesting you said about the two ice cream vans. You know, the, I'm sure the one that's homemade ice cream, I'm sure it was phenomenal. I'm sure the other ice cream van, by comparison, if it didn't have the queue, probably wasn't as good. I don't know. But I tell you what, the story that you had so that by the time the ice cream got in your mouth made you feel like that ice cream was phenomenal, whether it was any different or not. They could have been serving the same product, but if you've got the story in your head that says, this is the best ice cream I've ever had, it's homemade, you're going to savour it and you're going to enjoy it. And the fact that it's two or three times the price almost adds to that. It adds to that feeling. It adds to that emotion of this is special. And what do most of us want? You know, it certainly is individual consumers. Business to business is slightly different. But individual consumers, we want something that's going to make us feel good. That's it. That's what we're buying. But even business to business, people have to recognize there's only so much money in any organization and where you spend your money. Agreed. So you know, decide, how do we make sure they spend their money with us when the world is so different and so varied? You know, there are people right now who need a washing machine who can't afford a holiday. So all of a sudden, now the holiday companies need to recognize that white goods are their competition. Yep. It's not other holiday companies. So it doesn't matter how you repackage it. The competition has changed. Yep. We need to look at ourselves in our offering. We need to look at the way we run our businesses. We need just to recognize the world is different. Money is different. People's priorities are different. And how we view the way we're going to purchase things. So just up your game. Look at yourself. Look at every bit of material that you send out to your customers. Every email. And sometimes put yourself on your own emailing list and see the nonsense you send <laughs> It's unbelievable some of the emails that I get sent. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've got I've got to interrupt you. I've got to interrupt you. Um, a business that I used to be a part of that I'm not anymore. Um, we had a we had a guy there that was kind of responsible for a lot of our email marketing, and the number of emails that would go out and yeah, I was on the email list, and I'd get these things come through to my phone on a weekend or something. I'm like, really. You know, how, how do we retract this? How do we correct? And, and it was it was silly little things where you could tell someone just hadn't thought about it. And I, I don't do micromanagement, but it got to the point with that where it's like, I don't want anything going out unless I've seen it. Because, you know, the guy was good at his job in, in many aspects, but around that one particular thing, there was always like stupid typos or, you know, things that didn't quite make sense to the audience they were going to. And it's exactly like you just said, it's, it was probably an extra five or 10 minutes of effort that would have made the world a difference. But you know, when you read your own emails, you read what you think it should read. Yes. Very often why we say to people, you need to have a mastermind partner. You need to have a different animal type who looks at your stuff. Who's not emotionally involved. Yep. It's like, it's like proofreading on books and things, right? You know, you proofread it yourself, but you still miss stuff. 
you put it in front oh, of you put it in front of someone that does that for a living or or even just someone who's independent to you they will find things you didn't you know, you've done it to me you 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 read the draft of my first book and you came back to me and said do you realize you've said this word and you meant to say that word you know but what's interesting perfectionists are only happy when there's an imperfection so they're looking for this stuff yeah I, you know, i've still got mistakes yeah, to, you know, the impact code has been out 15 years. It's been revised about eight times, and I still find it the odd mistake yeah. because someone pointed out line 11. I, I'd never even noticed that. But what's interesting is that that shows up for how you might be. And so you need to recognize from today anything that leaves your desk is it a reflection on you. Yep. But more importantly, the competition as of today is anybody because anybody could spend their money somewhere. Yep. Slightly shorter episode than normal, but I, I've got one other thing to add to this. Okay, well, just before you do, I've got one other thing I want to say there, is when it comes to things like email marketing, w- people think it's from the person whose name's on the bottom, which is, not, which is not necessarily who wrote it, who sent it, or anything else. But if you're in the kind of business where, you know, you are a figurehead for that business, when people receive an email and it's got your name on the bottom, they think it's from you. And so, and that was the big, going back to the example I gave before, that's the big lesson I learned was if it's having my name on it, I'm reading it. I might not have written it, but I'm reading it and I'm making sure I'm happy with it before it goes out. Because guess what happens otherwise? People come back to you and talk to you about your own email that you don't even know what it says. And then who is it that looks stupid? So, you know, if, if someone's representing you or doing something on, on your behalf, you better make sure that you know exactly what they're saying and that you're cool with it. So here's one other question that goes with that. If you know how you've benefited your client and the problems you've solved, why don't you tell other people that's what you've done? Let your clients tell you how you helped them. Use that social proof to tell other people because otherwise it's just you telling people how you can support people. Yeah. So ask your clients, what have you done that's made a difference to their business? Can you use those testimonials to support what you're doing and then tell the world, this is what we. This is what the problems before they came to us. This is how we solve those problems. Would you like these problems solved for you? Come and join our gang, because people want evidence and social proof that you can actually do what you say you can do. Obviously, you're going to say you're the best. No one's ever written an email saying we're the third best. In- <laughs> you know, we always say we're we're, lead, we're the leading whatever. Well, who's number two? Yeah, you know, someone's got to be number two. Yeah, but if you can just show the problems you've solved and how you've made it better for people, life is very different. Yep. So here ends the lesson on who's your competition. Here are the problems we've solved for our clients. This is how things are better for you now. Now go and have some fun and start marketing to your clients whilst you're busy, so you don't not become busy over the summer months. Yep. Have fun. See you next week. Cool. And I think I am just going to add one tiny, tiny bit on that is those testimonials. Try and get them actually in the client's own voice. So, you know, whether that's a video testimonial or it's like a LinkedIn recommendation or it's a Google review, get it from the actual client in their words in a way that people can see it's genuine. Because we've all been to websites where it's got this amazing testimonial and it says, you know, Johnny from or whatever underneath it, or, you know, um, Sarah from, or like we see these things with these names underneath and we don't know if they're real or not. If it's a screenshot of Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, we believe it. If it's a screenshot from Amazon, we believe it. If it's a video where it's someone we know doesn't work for you and is your client, we believe it. If we can't see how real it is, there's always a, you know, or very often there's a little niggling doubt in the back that says, yeah, but who actually wrote this? 
And so I think that's the only thing I'd add on that is, you know, the more genuine it feels, the more genuine it is, the more people will believe in you. Um, cool. And yeah, let's see you uh, next week. Be good. Be good. Have a lovely week. Oh.